Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Spring and Andrew, your favorite sex people on the internet. I'm going to say sex people from now on, because, you know, we're more than sex birds. We're sexual people. We talk about more than just sex. We need to change our name from, like, The Sex Wrap to, like, The Relationship Wrap and The STD Wrap and all the other kinds of wraps. Although wraps are pretty popular. I think I think sex covers it all, though. I mean... Spring it's... and Andrew, your favorite sex on the internet has a very different vibe. <laughs> I was talking about it, the title of our show, not, not oh. our label. Yeah. Hello. My name is Andrew. Sex. Like, whoa. Uh, but thank you for Sex listening. is my middle name. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. We're really happy to have you back. Um, it's really a lot of fun answering your questions about sex and relationship. And um, you should definitely check out our Instagram. Um, we've been on there a lot. Uh, we were asking people last week some questions about catcalling and sexual harassment. Um, and it's pretty standard responses. All right, hint. Nobody likes to get catcalled. Stop doing it. B, um, if you get catcalled, it's kind of scary. Uh, and today, um, we're going to be talking about like what can you do to help prevent catcalling? What can you do to keep other people safe from sexual harassment? Um, in some of our previous episodes, we've given like specific strategies for yourself. But today, we thought it was really important, especially with Halloween coming up and um, the different kinds of costumes and situations that people put themselves into which all A should be safe, right? You should be able to go into any situation and feel safe. But fortunately, we live in a world where people don't feel safe and often rightfully so. So uh, today we're going to be answering questions like, what can I do to help other people in terms of sexual assault and catcalling and sexual harassment? Like, what is your place in all of that? And I think this is an awesome question. I have so many stories about it. Um, so, you know, like uh, Spring and I are faculty members at universities uh, and uh, if I see someone catcall or whistle on campus, like I use my authority, like I walk up to them and I'm like, what did you just do? What was the purpose of that interaction? Is that appropriate? How would you feel if I did that to you? Um, but I do that because I feel very safe, right? Because I do have that authority. Like I look a little bit professorial on campus um, and I'm loud enough to really like make someone hopefully reflect or maybe just feel a little bit ashamed of their actions. I always want to be like, should I record this and send it to your mom and your sister and your grandma so they can see what awful human being they raised? I've talked a long time. How are you doing today, Spring? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what's happening right now? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's really difficult to feel safe enough to intervene like that. And, um, and that's why we're going to talk today about the different ways that you can intervene and, and how we want to make sure that you feel safe in doing that first. And that's always the first step is making sure that you feel safe before you intervene in any way. And yeah, it's really going to depend on where you are and what position you take up in the world and, and how you're presenting wherever you are at that moment. Right. And, and that's really important to think about all the time before you do any type of intervention. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about today um, some of these different methods and to think about, you know, take some time to each individually think about which of these methods works for us so that we can actually implement them in our lives. And I want to be really careful today as we're talking, um, sometimes 
uh, the language surrounding sexual assault and catcalling and sexual harassment is aimed almost in a way that it like blames the person who's being assaulted or harassed. And Spring and I, through everything that we're talking about today, like that person, like we are here to support you, not to attack you. Um, but it may sound occasionally like there's some victim blaming. We're not victim blaming. Uh, when that comes up, it's probably us discussing just the state of the world, right? A world where women are often unsafe in situations or feel unsafe in situations and men sometimes too. Um, but like, I just want to put it out there before we even start talking about the various strategies, um, like it is not your fault and like we support you. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're wearing, what you've had to drink, who you're with, like none of that should matter. Unfortunately, we live in a world where all of those things do. Um, but today we're talking about what what you can do when you see somebody in one of those situations or context, um, what can you can do to help them? And and this happens a lot in the world. I don't know about you, Spring, but I see it. I mean, you live in New York City. I'm sure you see it all the time as well. I experience it all the time. Right. Like, And what we're talking about is you see somebody and they're in a situation that either A, you would feel uncomfortable, B, they look uncomfortable, or C, when you when you look at it, like you can tell that there are inappropriate things going on. Um, and the example that I gave earlier, like, you know, I'm walking across campus and I see somebody catcall, right? Like there's an action that has occurred that I see that I know, like I don't know a single person who likes to be catcalled. Um, and it makes the entire campus, it makes the entire world around us like a less safe, inclusive space. So that's that's what we're talking about. Like you see that situation and what is a safe way for you to help that person, right? Even if that person isn't asking for help directly at that time, it's about what can you do to sort of intercede and make sure that things are okay. And it's more than catcalling. We're talking about like parties, if you take public transportation, if you're at school and people are making those kind of comments, like what are all the times and places? Um, and we're using uh, a framework um, and it's from Hollaback, or at least that's where I learned about it. We'll leave their link in the notes. Um, but it's called the five D's. And it's not dick, 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 and dick, except like we're, 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 we're trying to prevent people from being dicks uh, and save people from dickish behavior. Um, it's called distract, delegate, document, delay, and direct. And each of these is a different strategy where you measure the situation that you're in, you look at your safety, and then you're really thoughtful about which one of them you're going to use to try to help somebody who's in distress. So we'll go through and talk about them all in a minute. Um, but I mean, I wanted to like touch on a few things that Andrew was just talking about. And one of the things he said is that when any of these things happen in our environment around us is that they actually make everyone feel more unsafe. And every time that no one intervenes that allows it to continue and it, uh, it empowers people that are engaging in these um, terrible behaviors, people that are um, catcalling, people that are sexually harassing others. It empowers them to do it more. So that's why it's so important for us to really intervene so that we are continuously um, arresting this like 
this behavior because it needs to it needs to have um, a stopping point each time. It needs to be intervened as often as possible so that it is not allowed to proliferate. And I, we all want the world to be safe, right? And, and in a world where people feel safe, you can have stronger relationships. You can build better relationships. You can have sex with the kind of people that you want to have sex with when you want to have sex with them without all of this negativity being pushed in. Um, and, and so much of catcalling is ingrained in our culture and so much of sexual harassment and sexual assault are forgiven and excused by our culture. Um, and none of it should be. Like Spring said, this is the kind of thing where we want there to be more interventions. We want there to be more people talking about it more frequently so we can start to change some of that culture. Ready to jump in and start talking about uh, what these various strategies look like? I love when there's a bunch of strategies too. Yeah, I love that there's five strategies because that means that you have a lot of uh, flexibility to see what works for you. But I think let's first start with that um, first rule that we talked about is that you want to survey the scene and you first want to say like, is this this environment right now safe for me to intervene? Is it safe for me as I am right now? And or do I need to um, ask someone to like help me or like bring someone uh, like along for this? Do you have some friends with you? Do you have someone around you that looks like you could like ask as well? Do you feel like you would be supported here? Um, because it can be really scary to intervene. Um, and we'll talk about these different methods and there's a lot of different methods and some will feel more appropriate to you personally than others. But the first thing is really do I feel safe here? And is it is it okay for me to intervene in this space? And, you know, if it's on a subway or if it's outside and if it's like daytime or if it's nighttime and if it is, uh, you know, a lot of people are around or very few people are around, all of these things really impact um, how safe you might feel. And so that's the first thing you want to think about is, okay, where am I? Um, what do I need to do here? Um, am I, am I okay to do something? And that that's where we want to start. That's the first thing is you want to feel safe. And that safety is different than feeling uncomfortable, right? So your safety is, can I say these things? And will I be safe bodily? Um, but I'm going to press you to feel uncomfortable having these conversations and calling people out for sexual harassment and catcalling is uncomfortable, right? Like you will feel like, oh, geez, I don't know if I'm the right person to do this. Um, and that's the problem, right? Because everybody has those same feelings of discomfort um, like, oh, like, oh, someone else should say it or, oh, I don't feel brave or courageous enough to say it. Um, so we're going to be asking you to be really brave and courageous when we're talking about these strategies. But hey, safety first. But safety is different than feeling like, oh, I feel kind of uncomfortable in this situation. Like if you are uncomfortable, you need to move forward with one of these strategies and help protect or save somebody else. Um, now, safety, right? Like safety is that first concern, but like, I'm not concerned about your discomfort in this situation. I'm concerned about the person who's being harassed and then potentially sexually assaulted or raped if that's allowed to continue. So you just have to separate out like the, oh, this is uncomfortable for me. Um, and I have to tell you, the first time I walked up to a student on campus, I mean, I was irate, uh, which helped, um, but I, I was pretty uncomfortable too. You know, I'm walking up to a group of people on my own, um, but I learned to, you know, separate out that safety 
from the discomfort. So push yourself to that edge of discomfort. And you might want to practice some of these strategies, you know, with your friends or with family members, or maybe even, you know, like whoever is around in your life, because when you practice them, they get a little bit easier as well. Great. All right, let's go. Are you ready? I'm ready. What, what, which one are we talking about first? Well, um, I, okay. I'm going to start with distract because I, I really like distract. And I think that this is one that most people will probably feel pretty comfortable doing. Um, so I really, really love distract. Distract is just like, um, imagine that you are the goofy character on the TV show that like is always getting in everybody's way. Like that goofy character that like spills the drink when someone's about to kiss someone else or that, you know, uh, fumbles around with all the papers and it just like messes up the whole chemistry of the scene. Um, that's what we're talking about here. Distracting is you're just derailing whatever is happening. So like if you saw someone I'm going to use the example of public transport because that in New York is what I see a lot. So if I see someone um, touching someone inappropriately or hitting on them and the other person's clearly trying to ignore them or they're just uh, yelling at them and trying to get their attention or something, then something you could do is just like drop your book, like right, kind of like right between them and then kind of get down there and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have to pick this up, you know, or, or like, uh, actually interrupt them in some way. Like, Oh, Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Do you know which train I'm on? Do you know what the next stop is? You're just like, you're just getting in the way of the situation. It's really just a way to interrupt that sort of energy that's going on, that kind of aggressive energy with something outside of it. Um, when you're using distract, you're not talking to the harasser at all, right? You're essentially ignoring them. And if you engage with anybody, um, one of my favorites is to either ask for time or ask for directions or ask where they bought, like, oh my gosh, where did you get that jacket? Or where did you get your backpack? Or your hair looks great. Or like, you know, like there's tons of simple, easy things that you can do to wedge yourself in and get in the way. Um, you can speak your drink. Uh, if you have a, like a handful of change, you can just drop some change and start picking it up in between the people or ask the person who's being harassed to help you pick up the change. And it's like, it's like you're completely oblivious of what's happening. Like that's what you're pretending. Like you're like, you're like, oh, I didn't even see this happening here. I just happened to be <laughs> needing to ask you a question or dropping this or whatever. Um, and you're just trying to like create a distraction because what that does is um, it just interrupts what's happening. So the person that is being harassed has that opportunity to like move away or to like talk to you or you can like draw them away or the um, person that's doing the harassing and just gets annoyed and like kind of moves on. So it's a really effective method of interrupting what's happening. And what I love about it is that it it's fairly easy. You can you can do this with you know any number of uh, little props or tools that you might have at your disposal. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of. I think of it as a fun one. I, I, I feel like it's kind of creative, right? Like you get to be like, ooh. Yeah. And, and you should plan your distract. Like all of the different techniques we're going to talk about today, like you shouldn't just like run over and start a scenario. You should plan out sort of what you think it's going to look like and sort of what you may or may not say ahead of time. Um, but yeah, distract is pretty easy. Um, 
and the other good thing about distract is it typically pulls other people in who are not part of like the harassment issue or the catcalling. Like they'll join in as well. Like if you've lost your book, you've dropped your tangent, you've spilled your drink, you can ask other people around you like, oh my gosh, you have something like you have a napkin. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, so it really it's about taking the attention and moving it off of that person as well. Um, like just like if, if you like acting, this is where you're making a scene. Um, <laughs> So that's it. That's it for distract, really. It's just like taking, derailing, changing the vibe. Um, now, sometimes the harasser will get kind of like snooty with you or, you know, like look at you and, and sneer. That's exactly what you want. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like you can even apologize. Like if they address you at the end of it, like, oh, I'm sorry. And then continue picking up your change or cleaning <laughs> up your drink or talking to the person now as well. Yeah. But uh, distract is great, um, especially like Spring said, if you're in a place where there's other people around or you feel pretty safe, um, if you're pretty good at being the oblivious one, um, if you're like, it, it's good. But sometimes if you don't feel safe, uh, the next uh, strategy is delegate, right? And all delegate means is that you're going to find somebody who has some kind of authority, some kind of power, some kind of control uh, in or around the situation. Um, and get them involved, right? So if you're in a school, it would be like talking to a security guard or talking to your teacher, talking to a faculty member. Um, but if you're on public transportation, you might want to find a, a, a bus driver or train conductor. Um, so it's really just looking for uh, somebody who can help you. And um, one of the things that we don't necessarily recommend is calling police because sometimes people that are being harassed uh, might not want to involve the police for several reasons. Um, so if you're thinking that's what needs to happen, um, you should ask the person that's being harassed first uh, if they want the police involved. Um, but that would be another option when you're thinking of, uh, you know, if this looks like we need that type of um, involvement, then just checking with that person that's being harassed. But um, delegate makes a lot of sense. And um, anytime when you're not feeling like you can get near the situation on your own um, and, and, it sometimes could just be some other bystander that's around, right? So yeah, it's great if you can get someone in some type of official role, but if not, if you just see some other people walking around, you could ask them like, hey, I, I see this happening over here. Would you would you help me intervene in some way? I have delegate eyes that I give people where I like I make eye contact with people and I open them really wide. And then I look at the person and nod my head, like trying to get nonverbal communication going with people. And if, if other people, if you make eye contact and like nod and or point and look in the direction, uh, if you could just get a few other people like you can start that process with multiple people. Um, and a lot of these different uh, strategies we're using, um, most people don't want harassment, right? Most people don't want catcalling, but most people are either afraid or don't know how to intervene. So you can be the person that sparks it. And delegating is, you know, asking for additional help outside of it. And I really love what Spring said. Um, calling 911 might be necessary, but there are a lot of people who don't want police involved. So just once again, really be thoughtful about like what's going on. Um, you're usually better off with like a local security guard, like if you're at a grocery store or something like that, than you are calling 911. Yeah. Number three, though, uh, we're gonna talk about document next. Um, and this one has been sort of magical. When Spring and I first met and were friends, um, Cell phones were not a normal thing for everybody to have with them. Um, 
and document was a lot harder. Uh, there weren't security cameras everywhere. No, like we all didn't have like amazing cameras and video cameras with us at all times. But all document is is that uh, you pull out your device and you start taking video. You might take some pictures. You might want to use your phone uh, in the notes section to write down some details. Um, when you're recording, if you're recording a video, you want to make sure you're saying the date or time. So just say it out loud. Like it is Monday at 4:50 p.m. Um, but document is really just making sure that you're collecting information about the scene as it unfolds. And this is uh, similar to what we were just talking about as well. So if you don't feel safe, like getting involved more directly, this is a great thing to do. And then um, similarly to what we were talking about with the police, you want to talk to the person who's being harassed and ask them what they want to do with that. So after whatever has happened, you can say, or, I mean, sometimes the person doing the harassing will see you videoing and stop. Um, so that is like, it, it's actually a form of intervention in that way as well. Um, or sometimes they might start interacting with you. And so you need to have a little bit of distance so that um, if they get angry at you, you can, you know, say like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm filming this because I see you harassing them. And they they can get angry. So it's also, you know, you're checking for your own safety here if you feel comfortable doing this. But then once you have this video, these pictures, whatever, you're going to ask the person who is being harassed what they want to do with it. So you're going to give that over to them and then that's in their control. If they want to press some type of charges, if they want to um, do something else with it, that is for their use. It's not for you to post. It's not for you to um, like try to get, you know, a lot of people on board with on the internet or anything it's that's not the purpose this is not a tiktok moment right like this is not the moment where you take it and post it to your instagram you don't send it to news media unless that's what the person wants you to do um because when someone has been catcalled harassed um they feel like they've been violated right they feel like their control over their body and their space uh and their conversations they're having with people and their safety it's all been taken away so in helping them, you want to make sure you give as much of that back as possible, right? So when you record it, that's great, but ask them what they want you to do with it. Um, don't just start sending it out uh, because once you're essentially just doubling down on taking away that the control that person has over their life. And speaking of control, our advertisers would like to talk to you all for just a moment. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today we're talking about strategies that you can use to help somebody who you, who you see being harassed or catcalled or sexually assaulted or someone at a party where they're getting attention that they don't want. And so far, we've been talking about um, distracting somebody, we've talking about finding some help by delegating, um, and we were just talking about documenting. So you want to collect information and then ask the person who's being harassed what to do with it. And I, I think what Spring was talking about, like often someone will see themselves being recorded and immediately their behavior gets better. They're like, oh no, like you saw me doing that thing. Most of the time when people are engaging in any kind of these sexual assault, you know, spectrum behaviors, uh, they know what they're doing is wrong, right? 
they're afraid of getting caught uh, and you documenting it, you know, they, they see themselves getting caught. Um, and sometimes, like Spring said, they might get angry. They might come towards you. But you can say, like, you know, I'm recording this and it's getting uploaded to the iCloud right now. And like, you just need to stop. Yeah. All right. So what's next? Next is delay. So um, delay is something that uh, you can just try to wait a minute. Like you wait until you feel safe and then you're starting to ask the person who's being harassed if they're okay and you're supporting them after. So you're not um, delaying what's happening. You're delaying your interaction um, in the moment because for some reason you feel like you can't uh, engage with what's happening. So you wait until after the harasser has completed harassing them, which I think sounds terrible, but uh, what but, I want to, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but, I mean, but I think often when we're talking about delay, a lot of the kinds of harassment that people deal with is really short term. It's something that happens in passing. It's the smile or like have a great day or like getting groped or touched, right? Like all of those are offenses that can really be harmful, but most of them are super short term. They only last for a few seconds uh, and then it's over, right? So often delay is about about that. So uh, sometimes you you know you wait for it to end, but a lot of the times it's like, what do you do when you see it happen really quickly to somebody too? Yeah, and so this is like, okay, after it's happened, now you're asking the person, are you okay? Do you need some support? Do you need some resources? Um, do you want me to walk with you to wherever you're going? Um, but. But I also like to think about this one, you know, in combination with others as well, because this one I think is so important. So, you know, after some type of harassment has occurred, um, and you probably know this, I think most of us have been harassed in some way at some time. And you know that like right after that happens, like your body is in a state of panic, you like feel really anxious, you feel on high alert. And so just having someone to like talk to you for a moment or walk with you, even for like a block or two, like feels really really supportive. So I love this one um, as, you know, it can be the the um, primary way that you're interacting, but it can also be um, in combination with one of the others. And it doesn't have to be walking with them. It can be, can I sit with you for a few minutes? Is there anything you need? I took some pictures. Do you want me to send them to you? Um, and then you could even do something like link them to this episode, right? Like, like here are some resources. Um, and we'll be, po- like I said, we'll be posting um, some resources in the show notes. Just, you know, it's good for people to have solid resources whenever they deal with it. Um, and we do know that uh, in, in a many parts of the world that women deal with this kind of like short-term harassment on an almost daily basis, right? So uh, this is one of those things that we do to start changing that culture um, and really trying to create spaces where people feel safe and included. Um, So delay is great. Uh, when, when, especially, you know, this is if you've assessed safety um, or it's really short term, like how do you help somebody after? And if you're in one of those enclosed spaces, like, you know, a train, a bus or something like you could offer to sit with them, you know, or you could off, you could say, do you want to go to another car or something like if you're on a train and you want to move away from, uh, you know, whatever has just happened. Uh, but just like offering to do that with them, um, I think is also really nice. All right. So the last strategy we're going to talk about is the one that I started with. Um, it's the direct, right? So if you feel safe, right? Spring and I have mentioned safety a bunch of times. Uh, it's how we open the episode. Um, if you feel safe and, and safety is more than just like looking straight ahead, right? You want to look 
all around. You want to look in all directions um, to really make sure that you're safe, because sometimes it's really hard to see everything, especially if you're concerned and you're focused on this person who's being harassed. You might miss some things around you. Um, But direct is you directly talk to the harasser about the harassment. You you are loud, you are clear, you need to be firm with it. Um, this is where you can say, like, leave them alone. Yeah. So it's all about confront confronting the harasser. So I'm gonna share a brief story um, from my experience of intervening here. And so I did what I think would be considered a direct interaction. Um, I was walking really late at night in downtown New York City. I was on my way home and I was with two friends. So there were three of us and um, we were walking toward a train and we were still about maybe a six minute walk or so away from the train. And we're walking toward the train and I saw um, a woman standing on the corner and a man had pulled up on a bike and stopped there and was talking to her. And so I saw that happen and I saw her standing there on the corner alone very late at night. And it was very, just seemed very deserted around us. And as we were walking by, I just kind of like felt like the hairs on my neck stand up a little bit. And I just stopped and said to her, Hey, are you okay? So it was pretty direct, you know, I wasn't, I didn't like ask for directions or something, you know, I just directly said to her, are you okay? And, um, and she said, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And I was like, okay. And my two friends were like, okay, cool. And we all kept walking. And then, um, the man who had stopped started yelling at me, um, implying that I was a terrible person for thinking he could have been a bad person. And then um, the next thing that happened were there were some other people around that I hadn't noticed, some friends of his um, or just people that wanted to support him um, because he was a man. (laughs) Um, And they started walking behind us as we were walking to the train. They followed us down into the train station and um, were yelling at us for having intervened like that. And it was really scary. It felt really scary. Um, it was, you know, it was late at night. There weren't a lot of people around. I was with two friends, but we, you know, didn't have, it was late at night in New York city. We had nothing, you know, uh, no way to protect ourselves if anything escalated. And um, so we tried to deescalate through conversation and then a train came and we were able to get on the train. And um, what I, what I learned from that is that, you know, I, I did feel safe doing this direct method because I had friends with me and because it, it didn't seem like there were a lot of people around. Um, but what I realized was I don't ever want to do that direct method again because because of how unsafe I felt afterward. And I, I didn't realize that there were other people around also that, you know, were going to like get so angry and push back against this. And so to me, that taught me, all right, that that is a maybe a good method for uh, daytime or for with a lot of people around. But for me personally, um, I don't want to do that direct method again. I wish that I had asked that woman for directions or asked her, um, you know, just like uh, some other random question, you know, anything that like could have been considered a distract method, right? Or maybe even just stood on the corner across the street and observed for a moment and like see if like she might need some more help or intervention, right? So 
I think that um, when we're talking about these things, it's really important to, you know, consider all the ways that uh, you could be impacted and to really feel confident in your choices about which method of intervening you're going to use. Because I thought I felt really comfortable with that. And now I know, yeah, that's not a method I'm going to use in the future. I'm going to stick to stick to the others. <laughs> it, it, that all gets back to safety being the primary concern, right? Like if you're at a cafe at like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon or a Starbucks getting coffee and there's 20 people online, that direct intervention is so much easier than, you know, you and two friends at night. Uh, in a street. So just like, like, you know, the whole conversation is about your safety, and then trying to ensure that other people are safe as well. Now, if everybody did these, right, if we could convince everyone to listen to this episode, and everyone just to start when you see it happen, do one of them, like very quickly, it would go away. Uh, because we would, people would be shamed out of it, people would realize that their behavior negatively impacted others, and people would be called out for it. Um, which is why I love this episode, because it's giving everybody who's listening some strategies where we can start making some of those really positive changes. Um, but I, I mean, I would challenge everybody, like all of you out there, the next time you see uh, sexual harassment or catcalling or sexual assault, uh, you, you have the power to do something about it, right? And the strategies don't have to be direct. Like Spring said, like if that's something that makes you feel unsafe, then don't do it. But there's so many other things that you can do to help other people. And so, you know, the other thing is we are talking about Hollaback organization. It's H-O-L-L-A-B-A-C-K exclamation point. And they have an Instagram um, hologram um, or I hologram, I think. And we'll put all of these links in our show notes and we'll tag them in our social media also. But um, they're doing really great work. They're doing um, a lot of trainings on these on Zoom. They're doing so many trainings. They're also doing really specific trainings like um, with uh, Indian harassment against um, Asian and Pacific Islander and Indian harassment against um, Black people. And they have like all of these really specific trainings as well that um, teach you how to intervene um, in other situations that you're seeing also. So, and they use the same five Ds, but they talk, you know, about different types of scenarios that you might see and, um, and how to really be the most effective in all of them. And so I just really want to plug their trainings as well um, to get some more support in this work. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you have any questions about this episode uh, or any other questions about sex and sexual health or relationships, uh, we would love to chat with you. Uh, you can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. You can send us your questions where the sexrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. Um, and you should definitely check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Thanks for listening. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.